Here's Curry with a high bounce pass. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. I just want to start with this. First of all, hope you had a fantastic weekend. (laughs) Thanks for hopping aboard, joining the Wisco Sports Show. I want to start with this. Okay, I I know everybody's going to want to talk about the NBA All-Star Game. That's fine. I want to get there. I know everybody's going to want to talk about Mike Moustakis signing with the Brewers. That's awesome. I want to talk about that as well. We're going to hit both. One thing that maybe nobody wants to talk about, I just want to throw it out there real quick. Daytona 500 yesterday. We are a Denny Hamlin household. Go Denny. (laughs) I grew up. My dad worked at FedEx for a while. We are a Denny Hamlin household. So yesterday, great day uh, for Grant Bills, for myself, and my family is Denny Hamlin taking home the chip. I didn't watch I didn't watch a moment of it. I didn't watch any of the Daytona 500, but damn happy that Denny finally took one home. So that was my weekend. Hope you had a great weekend. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, and that's as in-depth and detailed as we're going to get with NASCAR talk today. Yesterday was America's Race. Uh, the Daytona 500, that's not what it's called, right? It's something along those lines. But much like the NBA All-Star Game, the Daytona 500 might be one of those events where normally you wouldn't watch. Maybe you're not normally a viewer of the NBA, just like you're maybe not normally a watcher of NASCAR or other motorsports. But because of the fact that it only happens once a year, right? Maybe you were tuned in, much like with the Daytona 500 yesterday. Maybe you don't watch NASCAR or, you know, any other types of racing, but you're like, hey, it's one day a year, the Daytona 500, it's... An American thing. You know, we're going to sit down. We're going to watch it. Maybe you did the same thing with the All-Star game, right? Well, I watch a little bit of the NBA. I watch some college basketball. I'm not a huge huge hoops guy, but the NBA All-Star game, I want to check that out. I want to see what it's like. So maybe we find ourselves in this unique position of only tuning in yesterday because we feel like we have to. I don't care why or how you watched the NBA All-Star game yesterday. That's what I want to lead with today. Team LeBron beating Team Giannis 178-164. And it's not the strategy of the game or anything I want to talk about. I want to talk about the NBA All-Star Game as a whole. Specifically what it means for Milwaukee. This is the Wisco Sports Show, after all. This weekend was tremendous for the Bucks. For not only Giannis Antetokounmpo, but Chris Middleton as well. He had an excellent performance yesterday. I, I want to speak a little bit more about the, the ins and outs and details of, of why it's a great weekend for Milwaukee. Coming up here in about 10 minutes, you can join me as well. 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talk and text line. It's funny because I I hear people react to and talk about the NBA All-Star Game, specifically this morning, right? Like yesterday, people are just kind of laying low and, and they're watching the All-Star Game, they're watching the Daytona 500. Today is really when you start to read comments and read opinions on social media. You hear callers on shows like Mornings with Dave and Scrady or other uh, shows that might be around. You hear callers, you hear interaction, and it's it's typically pretty negative surrounding the NBA All-Star Game, much like it is with the Pro Bowl or any other maybe superficial-seeming exhibition games that are played. Preseason is along those same lines as well. 
And it's funny because I liken the NBA All-Star Game to a movie that I saw last week. So I, I came into work. I normally get here around 4, give myself an hour to get ready for the show. And I was talking to Ken Cooper, who is a voiceover on Classic Hits. He was doing Lacrosse Talk PM last week. He's all over the place. But here at the radio station, Ken is the guy who screams culture, right? He screams sophistication, right? He loves, he, he's not a top 40 music guy. He's not a shred rock. You know, he, he, like, you know, the, uh, the the office, the finer things club. You remember that episode? That would be Ken, right? He likes foreign movies. He likes Steve fancy food. Whereas, I mean, look at me. I'm not that guy. So I was telling him last week, I said, yeah, we're going to a movie tonight. And Ken immediately was interested, right? Because he, well, what, mo- what movie are you going to see? And I said, well, we are going to see Cold Pursuit, which is basically a spinoff of just another Taken movie with Liam Neeson, right? He just drives a snow plug, snow plow truck and just kills a bunch of people. Sorry to spoil the movie for you. And Ken's like, really? That's what you're going to see. And I'm like, man, when I go to a movie, I keep my expectations down by my feet. I go into movies with such low expectations. I'm just here to be entertained. I don't care if it's a great movie. I don't care if the script is well done. I don't care. I want to be entertained. $5 and a free popcorn on Thursday night. Just entertain me. If the most entertaining part is Liam Neeson hitting a dude with a plow, so be it. I might get a laugh. I might be entertained. Like, that's the attitude that I brought into it. And I think everybody should bring that attitude not only into movies, but into events like yesterday's All-Star game, right? We all know that the defense isn't going to be great. We all know that there's going to be a lot of three-pointers and a lot of dunks. If you just go into the game with that understanding, you're going to enjoy it a lot more. (laughs) Right? If you have an attitude like that for everything else in life, you're going to be a lot less crabby. You're not going to be that get-off-my-lawn type of personality. You're just going to be able to sit down and watch yesterday. Say, hey, we had some really cool dunks, including the highlight you heard when we opened the show. Giannis made some fantastic plays. It was entertaining. It's entertainment. And by the way, the halftime show I thought was a lot of fun as well. J. Cole was tremendous. Did a couple tunes, did a did his, uh, his new song, Middle Child, Went back to 2014, the Forest Hills Drive album, did no role models. I like. I had a blast watching J. Cole, and I thought it was very cool because it felt like a concert compared to the Super Bowl where you have the dancers down on the field, and it's just like J. Cole at half court surrounded by people. They came down out of the stands, and he just rapped. I thought it was awesome. I had a great time yesterday, but then again, I came into it with very low expectations, and I'm just like, hey, I might as well be watching a TV show. I might as well be watching a movie because I'm here to be entertained. I'm not here for a beautiful pure, right, old-fashioned game of basketball, I'm here to be entertained. And I think if we all brought that attitude to everything, we would be a lot happier in life. Our blood pressure would be lower, and we wouldn't find ourselves angry on social media so often. That was my takeaway from yesterday. Really what it's about is not being able to see basketball, but to be able to celebrate the accomplishments of all these NBA players, see a cool halftime show with J. Cole, and how cool is it to see Steph and Giannis playing together, or LeBron and Kyrie Irving playing together once again. That's pretty dope. I had a good time. Lower your expectations and you'll enjoy things a lot more. Bob chimes in on the five-star telecom talk and text line 608-796-2558. He says, that was fitting for Hamlin and that whole organization after losing J.D. Gibbs. See, Bob, you know what's funny? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Does that completely undermine my credibility hosting the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY? Man, I'm not a NASCAR follower. I'm not a NASCAR fan. But much like in everything else, like for my Premier League teams, for soccer, Chelsea's my team. I'm probably never going to watch him, but hey, did Chelsea win? Sweet. For NASCAR, Denny Hamlin is my guy because my dad worked for FedEx, and that's as much as I, it's as invested as I want to get into it. 
Heck yeah, Denny. You go after winning the 500 yesterday. Thanks for chiming in, Bob. A lot to cover today, including what this weekend meant for Milwaukee. Because Giannis and Chris Middleton both are all-stars. Now, the fanfare was for Giannis. Because not only was he an all-star, he was an all-star captain. Uh, he had a lot of, of publicity and, and extra... Well, he had a lot of eyes on him this weekend. And that's good for Milwaukee. I think it helps the Bucks brand uh, a ton. Chris Middleton actually had a tremendous game yesterday. Now, the three-point contest... I mean, I mean, it's a three-point contest. It's a small part of the Saturday night festivities, which, of course, include the skills competition, the three-point contest, and the, and the dunk contest at the end. So the three-point contest is just one small facet in in everything that is the Saturday night of the All-Star weekend. Chris didn't have a great showing in the three-point contest. But then again, the guy who the guy who won the three-point contest, Joe Harris, it's not like he's stealing headlines either. So I guess take the three-point contest for what it is. Chris didn't show well on Saturday night, but yesterday he balled out. And it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty fun to watch. Giannis balled out as well. We have a lot to get to. Coming up at about 5.30 uh, as well, we'll talk Brewers. Because the Brewers made a move. And, and not a little minor league contract. They made a move. They brought back Mike Moustakis on a one-year deal. Now, I don't know if I love this move. I don't know if I hate it. I can kind of cook up an argument both ways. So what we're going to do is at 5.30, I'm going to talk about why I love it. <laughs> we're going to do that for about 10 minutes. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. And I'm going to tell you why I hate it. And at the end of the show, maybe we will have picked a side, right? I'm going to be the prosecution and I'm going to be the defense. And we'll just see where we shake out on this Mike Moustakis move. So that coming up, we'll talk about some more Milwaukee Bucks. Because we, we are talking about the All-Star game. But this is the Wisco Sports Show. What the hell does it mean for Wisconsin and our sports teams? We'll get to that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend, whether you were watching the Daytona 500 or the All-Star Game, or you hated it all and you're just holding your breath and waiting for baseball to start again, or football. Don't worry, we'll have a little bit of something for everyone today. Brewers talk on the way at 5.30. They re-signed Mike Moustakis. I shouldn't say re-signed, they signed him, because I guess essentially they had him, and he becomes an unrestricted free agent, which they signed again. So they... They signed him once more. <laughs> I don't know what the correct terminology is. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. I'd love for you to join me there or on Twitter at Keystroker Grant. That's my account. You can also find the station and all of us here at WKTY on Twitter. It was a, it was a tremendous day yesterday for myself as, as a fan of the NBA. And maybe you don't see it that way and that's just fine. I had a blast. I would have enjoyed it, whether Giannis and Chris Middleton were playing and Budenholzer was coaching. I would have enjoyed it regardless. I thought J. Cole at halftime was awesome, and and I loved watching Steph Curry. Dame Lillard got hot, and that was a blast and a half to watch. Like There was plenty to keep me entertained yesterday. But what made it even better and what we need to be focusing on here on this show is how does it affect us? How does it affect the Milwaukee Bucks in the state of Wisconsin? I, I, I think Giannis has become a brand that just is global. And I and I don't think that necessarily happened because of yesterday. Now, his last two All-Star games, you could make the case that, yeah, those were huge in assisting and elevating his legacy. I don't want to say legacy, but his brand. Let's go with that. I don't know if this year gave him a huge boost. Obviously, he had that huge dunk, that highlight that you heard before the game. Well, let's replay that again. It's interesting because listen to how excited Marv Albert gets. Marv Albert is not... He's not young, all right? He's been doing this a while. He's a very classic style broadcaster. Just listen to him. It's almost like he doesn't know what to do with his voice here. 
Like he, he really had to get high. He had to get loud for that. Giannis slamming it home. He like I he almost didn't know how to take it to a, to the level that it needed to be taken <laughs> to the level that that play demanded. It was a lot of fun to watch Giannis yesterday, and it was really cool to see him playing alongside the likes of Steph Curry and Dame Lillard. Like I said. And Kevin Durant and Chris, and his teammate Chris Middleton. It was a whole lot of fun. I don't know if it necessarily means a whole lot for Giannis. Now for the Bucks, I, I think anytime you have success in a small market, whether it's through Giannis or through the team as a whole, which they've obviously been doing this year to the T, right, with the best record uh, up until this point in the NBA, and, and they're playing really well against teams like the Celtics and the Sixers and the Raptors, and they actually have a, a really good plus-minus. They have a really good point differential. The games that they're winning, they're winning by a ton. And when they do lose, they're always right in it. They're close games. That goes to stand for both the Eastern and the Western Conference. Like like Milwaukee right now is about as big of a brand as you can get based on the fact that they are where they are, right? Like Unless LeBron James comes to Milwaukee, ESPN is not going to lead with Giannis and Milwaukee, right? SportsCenter is not going to begin with that. Colin Cowherd is not going to begin with that. Instead, it's going to be how can LeBron James and the Lakers make the playoffs? How can the Celtics get it turned around? And should the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis? And that's fine. The The Bucks right now, I, I think, have grown into as big of a brand as the city will let them. And that's just fine. Because ultimately, it's going to be decided in the playoffs and whether or not they can compete and contend for a championship. It's not predicated on the fact that they can actually win a championship. But you got to show them a little something more than regular season success. And that'll come in due time. But as of right now, I think the Bucks are just about as big as a brand as they can be given their current circumstances. Now, Chris Middleton is is an, a different item altogether. And much like I, I, when I talk about the Bucks and talk about Giannis, SportsCenter is not going to lead with the fact that Chris Middleton hit his first four point or his first four three point shots of the All Star game yesterday. That's really like that's pretty damn cool for us Bucks fans, right? To see him, especially after his pretty poor performance, relatively poor performance in the three point shooting contest, come out and show everybody that. He, yes, he is a star. He is a star next to Giannis. He's a star on the Bucks, which is tough to do. And he is going to dictate and command a good, handsome amount of money in his upcoming free agency period. I, I think that probably helped his case a little bit. That was, on the other hand, really cool to watch. And it's pretty cool to see Chris Middleton get his due yesterday. I, I'm not going to go through the box score because it's an all-star game and it doesn't mean a whole lot. But as long as we're talking about the Bucks and the Bucks that played yesterday, Giannis had 38 points, 5 assists, 11 rebounds. I mean, he was all over the place, and he had a couple really cool highlight dunks. He had a couple good assists. Uh, a few of them were to Chris Middleton. Like, he was fun to watch. Now, for us Bucks fans, maybe we gloss over that because we watch Giannis, who is a human highlight reel, every night. Like, three times a week, four times a week, we get to sit down and watch that. It, that, that was not new to the All-Star game. He could have very easily done what he did with Steph Curry off a of Chris Middleton pass. In fact, he basically did last year when he jumped over the six and a half foot Tim Hardaway Jr. at Madison Square Garden. We are used to watching that, right? I think maybe for the rest of the NBA sphere last night, they were like, wow. Because they don't see it on a consistent basis. For us, that was like Chris Middleton last night. He had 20 points. He was six of 10. He made six three-pointers. 7 of 13 from the field. He played 22 minutes. Just to give you a comparison, compared to Giannis, who played 27. Now, the rest of the bench, in terms of how the minutes were spaced, Dirk only played 4 minutes, but hit 3 three-point shots, which was another highlight from last night. But Chris Middleton, comparing him to the rest of the bench, had 22 points. Jokic had 13. Jokic, excuse me. 
Russell had 12. Kyle Lowry had 13. Westbrook had 19. He did play a couple extra minutes. I don't know if that was Coach Budenholzer throwing him a bone. Or if Middleton just saying, come on, let me play a little bit more. It's probably a little bit of both. Both of them had a really good performance yesterday. I mean, if Giannis' team wins, he's the easy MVP. He was not on the winning team. The MVP went to Kevin Durant, who had 31 points compared to Giannis's 38. Giannis had more boards, more assists to boot. It's an all-star game, so we're not getting into that. But if Giannis's team would have won, and it, it could have gone either way at the end. It, team LeBron got hot. Steph Curry got cold. Kawhi Leonard got hot. Dame Lillard got hot. LeBron came from behind and won. It, it, if Giannis's team would have been victorious, Giannis would be the all-star MVP today. Now, I don't know if that would have been more than, a, than an entertaining footnote, but it's just another feather to stick in the cap of the Milwaukee Bucks right now. To have two All-Stars, to have two guys who could have been right there. Now, I'm not going to sit here and preach about why Brooke Lopez should have been an All-Star, but Eric Bledsoe certainly could have been deserving. I'd love to get to the point where Malcolm Brogdon could be contending for an All-Star spot as well. But that's just another feather. Two All-Stars, including an All-Star coach, so I guess three in total. Stick those feathers in the cap of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Giannis playing alongside and celebrating alongside the likes of Steph Curry. Kemba Walker. Joel Embiid. Just more feathers in the cap. That's going to be better for the Milwaukee Bucks. There's more eyes on the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, compare them to the Grizzlies. Compare them to a team like the Pelicans, which, let's be real, if Anthony Davis wasn't there, we would have no reason to talk about them, except... When we talk about the NBA lottery and who's going to get into the top five. That is the Giannis effect on this team. And and yesterday, I had to remind myself over and over and over again. When they're panning uh, the bench. Or when they're replaying a highlight. That guy plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. For the lowly Milwaukee Bucks. And Antetokounmpo. We get to enjoy him. Like, how cool is that? I'm not trying to fan out here. But do we really appreciate it? Do we really understand that in the global sphere of elite superstar basketball players, of which there are only a small handful, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, and then who Who after that? Anthony Davis is fine. We've been talking about him because he's been hurt. But he hasn't really won a whole lot. I mean, do you put Giannis into that group? Do you put Anthony Davis into that group? Kyrie Irving into the... It's a super... I mean, I'm counting on one hand. And the Milwaukee Bucks have a player who fits into that upper echelon, that very penthouse-type club that is the NBA elite. Guys who own production companies and star in movies, right, and have agents and are a part of Clutch Sports and do all of these things that is creating generational wealth. The, the, The elitist of the elite. And the Bucks have found a player who... Not only fits into that group, but by from what we hear, and that's all we can go on, is that he's pretty content in Milwaukee and doesn't plan on rushing out of there anytime soon. And I think sometimes, and last night I had to catch myself doing this, just reminding ourselves, yeah, that guy plays for Milwaukee. That guy's a that guy's a buck. That's crazy. That's still crazy to me. I sit here in my buck sweatshirt today. I own a Giannis jersey. And I, and I still, last night, after watching him for the last four years become a superstar, and now not only a superstar, but a superstar of the highest level, alongside the likes of Steph Curry and LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. But he plays for, he plays for the Bucks. He plays three hours from here. You don't get that a whole lot. 
Like with the Brewers, we were pretty lucky this year. We got to enjoy Christian Yelich and all the national recognition that he got. And everybody's talking about the Brewers. Especially when they beat the Cubs to take the division. That was really what felt like a seal of approval. And really worked themselves into the national conversation just a little bit more. Milwaukee has that guy. Milwaukee hasn't had a cal- a player this caliber. I love Marcus Johnson, right? <laughs> Michael Red was great. But probably since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a guy that you could make a legitimate case is the best and the most dominant player in the NBA. And that's pretty absurd. It's pretty crazy. Just remind yourself every once in a while that the Bucks got that guy under contract for the next year and a half. And like I said, from all we hear, and that's all we can go by, because we're not in the locker room, right? We don't talk to agents. We don't talk to coaches or players. He wants to stay in Milwaukee. He's talked about how cool it would be to play in Milwaukee for his whole career. Now, I'm never going to expect that from a player. Playing one place your entire career is a lot to ask. But more than two contracts? But Milwaukee's found itself in a, in a pretty lucky spot. And I think we just need to sit back and appreciate it at times. 38 points in the All-Star game yesterday, including that dunk uh, that you heard. A bounce pass from Steph Curry. If you haven't seen that, Steph Curry spikes the ball off basically where the block is. Goes up high above the backboard. Giannis catches it on its way down and throws it in with one hand. Like just take take a moment to appreciate. Take a moment to remind yourself, oh yeah, we, we have the ability to watch this and enjoy it. I'm not saying it's going away anytime soon. Hopefully it's not. But you never know. So appreciate what we have. Milwaukee Bucks and their two All-Stars yesterday. And like I said, in the case of Chris Middleton, that easily could have been Eric Bledsoe. And Chris or and Chris Middleton or either or like like the Bucks are in just about as good of a position right now as you could be, and so is Milwaukee. I want to transition to the Brewers when we come back. They bring back Mike Mustakas. I want to react to it because I on one hand I love it, on the other hand I hate it. I don't really know where I fall, so I'm going to be the prosecution and the defense of David Stearns in this Mike Mustakas deal, and we're going to get some Brewers talk coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY. Here's Curry with a high bounce. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM, streaming live at WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app as well. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're having a good evening. Coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, Drew Kelly's got some local action tonight, Lacrosse Central and Aquinas, some MVC conference. I always say that on accident, and I apologize. I'm from uh, I'm from the Big Rivers Conference area, I'm from up by Menominee, so the MVC is my second love, my second conference, right? So when I say MVC conference, I realize that I'm saying Mississippi Valley Conference conference. It's an accident, bear with me. Some MVC action tonight here on WKTY. We had, uh, I called Aquinas and Logan on Friday, so we'll have Aquinas Central tonight. So Drew back in action after a much-deserved weekend off, and this time of year is about to get real busy for all of our play-by-play and, and all of our sports coverage people here on WKTY. So stay up to date with everything that they have going on at WKTYsports.com. I want to transition to Brewers. I, I, I feel so blessed and I feel so lucky. The Wisco Sports Show started back in August, and we've been gaining listeners and, and gaining interaction the whole time, and it's been a blast. And I'm super thankful that the Brewers did as well as they did, 
and we're still able to talk about the Brewers, and then Mike McCarthy got fired. Like, there's nothing easier and more interesting to talk about than a coach getting fired, especially one that had been there 14 years, and now the Bucks are great. Like, we have some fantastic stuff to talk about on the Wisco Sports Show and be able to talk Brewers and have excitement for Brewers. I'm, I'm already getting texts, already getting people chiming in on the five-star telecom talking text line about this Mike Moustakis deal in February. That's pretty killer. That's pretty awesome, so I feel pretty lucky. So they, they signed Mike Moustakis. Here's the details, and, and it's an interesting time of year, and, and all the details haven't come out yet. I'm going to tell you what you know, or what I know, I should say. So it, it's a one-year deal for reported $10 million. Bob Nightingale had it first. I'm reading the tweet by Ken Rosenthal. It, it doesn't really matter who had it a minute before who. But essentially, one year, $10 million. There's a second year or a year two mutual option. And if both parties buy into that and he hits incentives, he's going to make about $18.5 million for the two years. Right, So just to put it in the ballpark, but it's a one-year deal. The Brewers don't have to make it any more than a one-year deal if they don't want to. And that's one of the things that I love about this deal. So here's what we're going to do. By the way, 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. Call in, text in, we're talking Moustakis. Bob says Moose needs to hire a new agent. He opted out of his $15 million a year contract, then to resign for $10 million a year. Wouldn't want him to be my finance advisor. Well, Bob, I, and when you have decisions like that that go against fiscal sense, right, where you're basically just making less money, that might be the player. I mean, I, I, as an agent, I would never advise my player to take less money, or as an agent, I would never advise my player to take less money. Some of that might just be preference on Moose's end. But no, if you're l- losing out on five, six million dollars, yeah, I wouldn't want that dude taking care of my finances either. So Bob's got a good point. There's a reason, there's a bunch of reasons that I love this deal, and a bunch of reasons why I hate this deal. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start with what I love. I'm going to get it all out on the table. I'm going to get it out in the air. Then we're going to take a break and we're going to think about it. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about all the reasons why I hate the deal. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little good cop, bad cop. I'm going to be the prosecution and the defense of David Stearns. And at the end of the show, we might just figure out exactly what we feel about this Mike Moustakis deal. Right? All right, well, let's, let's start with why we love this deal. <clears throat> I love this deal because it's a one-year deal. We were talking earlier about the Yasmani Grandal signing, right? Not earlier today, but couple weeks ago when it happened and it was for a lot of money he's gonna be the highest paid brewer this year the number one concern with hefty free agent contracts especially to a team like the brewers is when you deal out a big contract and you're paying a lot of money you are handcuffing your future right you are going to hurt yourself in the future because maybe you're going to be tied down to a contract like orion braun and every year, it's, oh, should they trade Ryan Braun? Well, who's going to take Ryan Braun? You can't move that contract. We saw in, in basketball with Della Vadova, with John Henson, who are they able to move somehow? See, with the Packers, with Nick Perry. The, the danger of big contracts, more than one year, two, three, four, five-year deals, the danger with those is that you are already taking money away from yourself down the road, and you don't even know what situation the team is going to be in. That's why I love one-year deals, especially for the Milwaukee Brewers. You're going to pay Mike Moustakis a good amount. They're going to pay him $10 million this year, much like they're going to pay Yasmani Grandal just shy of $20 million, which is a lot of money. But it's the owner's money. It's not mine. I don't care. I buy tickets. I buy t-shirts. I go to Miller Park. I buy, I buy beers. I should feel that he's willing to spend a little bit of money on the team as well. Now, I'm not looking for Adnacio to go broke, but I'm saying it's not my money. I don't care how much they're being paid. And as long as it's not handcuffing the franchise down the line... I actually really like the fact that it's a one-year deal for Mike Moustakis. Most specifically, because Moustakis is getting up there in age, and the Brewers have 
two of the best prospects, apparently, from what we hear, from what we read, in their minor league system in one, Mauricio Dubon, and two, Keston Hira, both of which play middle infield positions. So I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for the Brewers to lock themselves up into a big multi-year, multi-million dollar contract with a middle infielder. Now, Mike Moustakis isn't a middle infielder. He's actually a third baseman. Another reason why, I, I we'll put that in the category of why you don't like this deal. <laughs> we'll come back. Number two, reason why I love this. Is it is it's one less question mark. This Brewers team, for as exciting as they are, right, and as much hype as they built up last year, and as excited as we are to see the 2019 season start and to see what they're made of, there's some question marks on this team around their pitching staff, right, around the middle infield. Resigning Mustakis, wherever he plays or wherever he hits in the lineup, that's just one less question mark. Because adding Mike Mustakis into the lineup is going to take out the bat of a guy like Eric Thames or Tyler Saladino, or Spangenberg, right? Which is good. Like, can we all agree? Thumbs up, right? One less Tyler Saladino who's asked to play every day and be in the lineup every day, or Eric Thames, the better. And Mike Moustakis, even if he's hitting eight, if he's hitting eight, if he's hitting seven, that's a blessing. Because it's one less low-level player that the Brewers have been plugging and playing for the last couple of years that's going to ask to be out there. Now you start to like your lineup a little bit more, right? Maybe you go Kane. Yelich, Braun, Aguilar, Shaw. Now all of a sudden you have Mustakis, and then you can go Arcia, right? And then your catcher pitcher. That's a pretty damn good lineup. Now take Mustakis out of there, put in a guy like Tyler Saladin. I don't like that question mark right in the middle of my lineup. By middle, I would mean I would mean like sixth, right? Sixth or seventh, most likely. Put Mustakis at six or seven. Woohoo! Cook it with gas. Then I can I can get behind that. That's another reason I like. The Mike Moustakis deal. And the, and the third, and, and this is the most difficult probably because it's not physical. It's not a statistic that I can see. Right? It's not a, what should I say, an advanced metric like wins above replacement or, or you know, defensive metrics, defensive runs saved, on-base percentage. It's nothing like that. It's hard, It's the hardest plus or minus to quantify. And that is he's got he's a guy who's got World Series experience. He was in Kansas City. He went through a couple big playoff runs there. He was in a in a deep playoff run with the Brewers last year. And and that the the World Series and the playoff experience, let's be real here for a second. Let's add some perspective into this. Because if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, World Series experience, eh, it'd be great if we get a player with some, but if not, we'll make it work. The Brewers, on the other hand, when the Brewers are contending for a championship, and, and let's be real here, the Brewers right now are contending for a championship. They are looking to go to the World Series this year and improve on what they did last year. This window, this competition window that the Brewers have open right now is not going to be open for very long. The way that small market teams go, you probably got at best three to four years. At best. Some instances, only a season. In some instances, only half a season because you bring in a bunch of rentals, right? Small market teams' championship windows are much shorter, much smaller than large market teams like Los Angeles or Boston or New York or Houston. So when the Brewers find themselves in the thick of a playoff race, and they find themselves in a situation where they are, quote, going for it. And they have an opportunity. You don't want a guy in the middle of your lineup who's there for the first time. Because you don't have time for him to get acclimated. You don't have a six-year run for him to get his legs under him and mature as a player. You don't have that luxury. You don't have that time. The Brewers want as many seasoned veterans right now in the lineup as they can get. Because this championship window that they are currently in isn't going to be open forever. And that's great. Orlando Arcia is going to get a ton of tremendous experience throughout these next couple of years. That's great. 
but it's not going to that experience that Arcia gets and will have attained and 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 gathered over these next three years. It won't help him right now. Mike Mustakas is experience and hopefully poise in big close game situations helps the Brewers right now. The Dodgers don't have to worry about that so much. The Astros don't have to worry about that so much. The Brewers do because the Brewers have to hedge their bets and push all their chips to the middle of the table, metaphorically speaking, to win right now. And that's why you want a guy with championship experience. Because this window's not going to be open forever. And when it is open, you got to take the most, you want to take advantage of it. Let's just put it that way. You want to do everything you can. And having a guy who's a seasoned veteran, who's been on multiple teams, some of which have gone to World Series, including winning a World Series, you want that guy in the middle of your lineup. Because the Brewers don't have time to develop that and attain that experience. Because by the time that Orlando Arcia becomes, you would hope, for this example, a clutch comfortable guy in the postseason, the Brewers championship window is going to be closed. And they're going to have to start rebuilding in a different way and, and competing in a different way. And that's just the nature of being a small market in baseball. Not playing the victim. I'm just putting it into perspective. That's why I love the Mike Moustakis deal. One year, which doesn't handcuff the franchise down the line. And, as a side note to that, as an extra bullet point, the Brewers love what they have in the middle infield in their minor league system right now. So you're not roadblocking one of those guys by an expensive, hefty, multi-year contract for a middle infielder. So that's great. Point number one, why I like it. Point number two, it's one less question mark that I got to deal with in the batting order. In that six to nine hole, now that's going to be filled with a catcher and a pitcher. Who's the other dude? Right? Who are the two other guys who are going to fall somewhere between the meat of the order around the cleanup spot and getting you back to the top of the order? Mike Moustakis over, yeah, Tyler Saladino. I will absolutely take that. It's one less question mark. That's point number two. Point number three is you have that World Series experience, right? Point number three is you have a seasoned veteran who doesn't need to get his sea legs under him when you get to the postseason. He'll be ready to go. And that means the most. That is the most valuable to a team like Milwaukee whose championship window is going to be a lot shorter and a lot more compressed than some large market teams that the Brewers are competing with. Three reasons why I love the Mike Moustakis trade. Now, on the other hand, there's a bunch of reasons why I don't like this free agent signing, not trade, of Mike Moustakis. We'll get into that as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Tonight, 715 tip Aquinas and Central. Drew Kelly will have the call. So however you're listening right now, that'll do the trick in about an hour and 15 minutes when he takes over. So make sure you're tuning in. Some good MVC action. See, I caught myself. Sometimes I say MVC conference. Some good Mississippi Valley conference action tonight as we get ready. For some postseason basketball and a lot going on on WK2I in the next couple of weeks, so make sure you're staying up to date at WK2Isports.com. Right now we're talking Milwaukee Brewers. They re-signed Mike Moustakis. And when I say re-signed, they, like, like they are bringing him back. He became an unrestricted free agent, took a tour around, didn't like what he saw, came back to Milwaukee. And we just finished talking about how I love the signing, how I think it's great, how I think the Brewers absolutely made the right move. Now, on the other hand... Kind of like I have a split personality today. I also really don't like this move because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. So I just spoke for the defense of David Stearns. Now I'm going to be the prosecutor. I'm going to cross-examine myself on why I don't like the Mike Moustakis signing. So here we go. Much like I had three points in defense, I'm going to have three points uh, against why I don't like this deal. 
And maybe at the end, we'll we'll come to a conclusion on which side we actually like. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. You want to get a word in, let her rip. I'd love to talk to you. Let's start with uh, Mike Moustakis' offense, point number one. I For all we talk about his playoff experience and his World Series experience, when the Brewers' offense went dead in the postseason last year against the Dodgers, he didn't help. Now, he had a great NLDS, and that was definitely helped in part by that walk-off single against the Rockies in Game 1. He hit 364 in that series, but against the Dodgers in the NLCS, he hit 138 on base percentage of 194. Like, that is that is not good. Like, to, to, to obviously, to state the obvious, right? He had four hits, 29 at-bats. That's not going to get it done. And if you were going to... I don't want to say flex, but if you are going to prioritize and advertise World Series experience and postseason experience as well, just in general, as a selling point of a player, then I want to actually see it on paper. And last year was not a great example of that. Now, one season does not a career make, but maybe that's a bit of recency bias of me just saying, hey, you've been in World Series before. Where the hell was it last year? Because all it really would have taken was one guy to get hot. And the Brewers would have been in the World Series last year. That series between the Dodgers was so close. All it would have taken is for one player to get hot. I'm not saying it should have been Mike Moustakis, but it could have been. And it wouldn't have surprised anyone given that he's been there a couple times before. That's point number one. He didn't show out in the NLCS last year when the Brewers needed him most. I look to guys like him and Lorenzo Cain. And they weren't there. Hopefully it goes differently this season, but last season didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. Number two. Everybody says he's a great locker room guy. Oh, he's just a good locker room guy. Good guy to have around. Well, how many guys can you have like that on a major league roster? Because that's what I hear about Eric Kratz. That's what I hear about Brent Suter. That's what I hear about Steven Vogt is, well, we got to keep him around there. Good locker room guy. Good locker room guy. And that's my that's my voice that I'm using to make fun of people like that. Good locker room guy. Well, first of all, you can only have, and we say the same thing about Eric Thames. You can only have a good, quote, locker room guy. You can't have half of your roster just be locker room guys. That's why that's dumb. Number two reason why that's dumb is we don't know any of these people. Mike Moustakis could be an asshole. We wouldn't know any different. What he's like in that locker room and what he's like in meetings, we don't know. And and I think it's this trap we fall into as people from Wisconsin, as Wisconsin sports fans. We see people and we like people who we feel fit in Wisconsin, right? Now, for whatever reason, we love Mike Moustakis. Maybe it's because the Royals are a very comparable franchise. He's a small market team. He's very soft-spoken. He is white. He fits what Wisconsin is. Same with Jordy Nelson. He's a farm boy from Kansas, and he is white. He's a good locker room guy. Got to keep him around. We got to get past that. I don't care if he's a good locker room guy. I want a good player. I'm not saying Mike Moustakis isn't a good player. I'm just pushing back on this narrative that Mike Moustakis or Steven Vogt or Eric Kratz or Brent Suter should be kept on the roster only because they're a good locker room guy. I, I, I don't want to hear that anymore. And maybe as Wisconsin sports fans, we need to look outside that a little bit. Because I think we've gotten hung up on that in years past. That's point number two. Point number three is if you want a second baseman, which is what it sounds like Mike Moustakis is going to become, just go sign a damn second baseman. I'm looking at the free agent tracker today, which any bonehead with a computer can do. It's not like it takes a baseball executive. I'm not only looking at guys who have already signed, like DJ LeMahieu or Jed Lowry, Brian Dozer, Ian Kinsler. Now, I know Scope was with Milwaukee, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But Daniel Descalso, Ezdrubal Cabrera, Neil Walker, all signed. All major leaguers. Now, minor league contracts, major leaguers who played second baseman, second base. And you know what's interesting about those guys? They all signed two or one-year deals. Team-friendly deals. 
DJ LeMayhew, two years for $24 million. That's just an uptick of the premium that they paid for Mike Moustakis. Now, I want the one-year deal. I want the flexibility. But Brian Dozier signed a one-year deal to play with Washington for $9 million. Right, Jonathan Scope signed for $7.5 million for one year. I just, were there better options at second base? I look at guys who were still out there. Josh Harrison's still out there. Brandon Phillips is still out there. He's 38. I don't know if I'm exactly interested in that. If you want a second baseman, just sign a damn second baseman. How about that? Those are the three reasons I'm against the Mike Moustakis signing. He went quiet in the most important spot last year, even though a big part of why Mike Moustakis is advertised as great for the Brewers is because he's got World Series experience. Well, he didn't show out last year in the postseason. He had about a buck forty in the NLCS when they needed him most in seven games. Everybody says he's a great locker room guy. That's point number two. We don't know. Stop. Why? Because he's white? Stop. <laughs> like that that's not an argument I want to hear. Any more than I want to hear for Kratz or Suter or Jordy Nelson or Jeff Janis or any other white player that we've had in Wisconsin. Why he's a great locker room guy. Why? Because he feels like he fits. And we associate that with Wisconsin, so we think he must be a good fit on the team. We don't know. And number three, if you want a second baseman, just get a second baseman. There's plenty of them out there, and none of them costed that much more. A lot of them costed less than the premium they paid for Mike Moustakis. I'm not for or against the signing, by the way. This is a little bit we're doing. Those are the reasons why I hate the signing. I gave you three reasons why I love it. I really, st- I still don't know where I fall. <laughs> I We probably have to see this season play out, as you do with a lot of sports news headlines. Whether it be a player acquisition, player trade, a draft pick, a new contract, you got to see it play out. You got to see if it plays out, because that's really what's ultimately going to decide this. TC chimes in on the five-star telecom talk and text line. He says, I like Moose for insurance if Jesus regresses. Figure between him and Shaw, they can cover it. I believe Hero will be in the bigs come the All-Star break. Last year, Brewers proved able bodies help. Look, and that was one of the reasons why I like the Mike Moustakis trade, TC, is because he's he's a question mark taken out of the equation, right? I don't know, I don't know necessarily where he's going to hit or where he's going to play, but he is an established player that I know what I'm getting, right? So I, I And I agree with you. Thanks, TC. Bob says, I love that. We went 0-162, but we had fun because we had a great locker room club. Exactly, Bob. If you're winning and you're playing well, you don't need a locker room guy because the, the chemistry and the attitude is going to take care of itself. So I'm glad, I'm glad someone agrees with me on that. I don't want to hear about how anyone's a good locker room guy. I don't want to hear that. Unless it has football, unless it pertains to football, meaning Charles Woodson, a great teacher of the game, taught younger players how to study film, how to prepare. That's something else. That happens in a locker room. That happens off the field, but that pertains to what goes on on the field. I don't want to talk about how Brent Suter means the world to this Brewers team because he wears Gatorade cups over his eyes. That does not interest me. I don't want to talk about that, much like I don't want to make a case for Mike Moustakis and why he's so vital to this locker room. So that would be the other side of the coin. See, we're going back and forth. Maybe this is going to be, this is going to take more than one day. That's for sure. And like I said, with everything in sports, we got to see how it plays out. Any signing, any trade, any draft pick. We can talk about what we think, which is what we've done today, but ultimately we're going to have to see it play out on the field. And that's just one more reason, folks, to get excited for the 2019 Milwaukee Brewers. As Bill Michaels would say, how you looking? How we looking? I'm excited. Can't wait to talk about this team more throughout the week. Central Aquinas tonight, 715 tip with Drew Kelly here on WKTY. That's going to do it for me. What a fun way to get the week started once again here on the Wisco Sports Show. Same time, same place tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.